It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I feel good taking communion and partaking communion with my church family. And I hope you are all blessed. And uh, are you tired? No? I'm asking you this because I see some of you guys maybe a little bit kind of, but I hope you're not tired, all right? You know, if this world says, or you see the full of commercials, if you're tired, you take what? An energy drink. You go to the coffee pot and have some caffeine or your dose of your monster drink, or I see these guys at the gym drinking all this energy drink. But you know what? As followers of Christ, we don't go to that energy drink or we don't go to that near coffee shop or coffee pot, we go near to the Word of God. Amen? And so I ask you this morning now, if you are lack of energy, and if you need some energy, and you need to wake up, ask the Lord and say, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> All right? To uh, get some energy, and so that you can really, again, anticipate and be ready for the Word of God, that God is going to bless you this morning with His powerful Word. Amen? Well, three weeks ago, we started a series called Reckless Love of God. And some people would say, come on, are you talking about reckless love of God? That doesn't make sense because reckless means really irresponsible, rash. You know, again, don't think about the consequences. But we know that God doesn't care about the consequences, but he cares about you and me, right? He didn't care about the consequences of, of the, going to the cross where he was beaten, when he was humiliated, where he was spit at, and then finally he was nailed to the cross. But he didn't care about anything of that. He only cared about you. And that's why we're gathered here this morning. Amen? And that's why I call it reckless. Because God did not care about the consequences. He only cared about us. And so the first week we kicked it off by talking about talking about the, uh, the shepherd who had 100 sheep, but the one kind of drifted away. So he left the 99, and he went for that one lost sheep. That, didn't make, that doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. And then he talked about, we talked about, along with that story, about a woman, an older woman, who had 10 coins and lost that one coin, and she was searching the whole house for that lost coin. Why? Because she valued that coin. And Jesus, when he was telling the story to the religious leaders, you religious leaders are complaining that I'm spending time with the tax collectors and the sinners. You know, that's why I'm here. Because I value them. And they're important to me. And last week, we talked about the prodigal son. And we kind of, conclu we, then it kind of we concluded, it was not really about the son, but it was the loving father, the father who had compassion, the father who did not stop loving his son, even though his son yelled at him and criticized him and insulted him in every way, and he just left. But the, fun, the father never stopped loving the son, and he waited patiently till he came back. That's the kind of God that we have. Amen? And today... We're going to talk specifically about the older son, the older brother. I don't know about you, but I have not heard many messages about specifically about the older brother. We talk about the prodigal son, the younger son, and then we kind of put the older brother in the back. And we kind of concluded and said, amen, and that's the done with this message. But we want to look at this story, this powerful story of the older brother, how he reacts and how the father reacts to him in a loving way. So let's pray and let's ask the Lord to bless this message. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We thank you that you never give up on us. We thank you that you never leave us even though that we leave you sometime. We thank you for your faithfulness even though at times we are faithless. Sometimes we raise our fists up to you and we, we yell at you, we criticize and we complain, but yet you still love us unconditionally. We thank you for your unlimited amount of grace and peace and patience. Father, now we ask that you bless us, speak to us in a personal, intimate way, practical way. Bring this text alive to us. 
that it would not just be another message. It would not be a message that we just said, okay, that was a feel-good message. No, it is not a feel-good message, but it is a message that brings transformation and closer to Christ. May the meditation of my heart and the words that are spoken through your servant may be pleasing to your sight. In the holy name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Some of you are familiar with A.W. Tozer's writing. And A.W. Tozer beautifully describes God's love in this way. He quotes, Because God is self-existent, His love has no beginning. Because He is eternal, His love can have no end. Because He is infinite, it has no limit. Because He is immense, His love is incomprehensibly vast. Bottomless, shoreless sea. Just as He's saying, just as the sea has bottomless pit and is shoreless, that's how the deep of the Father love is. This reminds me when Paul says how wide and how deep and how vast the love of God is. And that today I want to remind you through this powerful story, the love of God is vast, bottomless, like a shoreless sea. Our text this morning is Luke chapter 15, verses 25 and 32. And some of you came up to me and said, Pastor, I read this text this week. And I'm thankful that you did. And I believe that God will speak to you more in-depthly this morning as he has Bless me throughout the week. We will continue to discover our Heavenly Father's heart. But specifically today, we will look at the older brother's heart. Who was burning with anger. Why? Because his younger brother was back. He thought he got rid of his younger brother. But he didn't. He came back. But again, the reason why he was back is because he realized the loving father. And this brother was not happy. And we will discover that. The older brother represents the self-righteous, hear me now, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who would rather see a sinner destroy than save. So can you imagine Jesus looking at the religious leaders in their eyes and says, let me tell you this story. And this young older brother is you. This is you. They may ask him. They may even ask Jesus, man, this older brother is rude. This older brother is insulting. Who is this older brother? And I can see and picture Jesus looking at them in their eyes and said, it's actually you guys. Because you would rather see a sinner destroy than to be saved. And Jesus looking at the religious leaders, leaders that's, that's who our Heavenly Father is like. He's not like you. But let me tell you the deep love. And through this story, Jesus points out two things that the older brother lacked. What he lacked. And perhaps... You may lack, and I may lack. The first point that Jesus brings out is this. The older son lacks what? Sincere obedience. The older son was working out on the field as usual, focusing on his task. He was always diligent, and he worked very hard. Never complained to the father. But later on, we would discover his attitude was in the wrong place. We are told while he was coming back, he heard something that was something that was a little bit different. Notice in verse 23, he says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Naturally, the older brother was curious, saying, What's going on? I never heard this music, and I never seen people dancing. What's going on? And in his mind... The older brothers say, wait a minute, could it be? 
Could it be that the, my father finally realized that I'm diligent, that I've been working hard, that I've been faithful to him, that I've been obedient to him? Could it be he finally realized and that he's, try, he's giving me a surprise party for me? Could it be? And he's walking towards the house with anticipation. Saying, yeah, this is the day. Yeah, you know I'm going to break out my dancing. I'm going to tie up my robe and I'm going to do some dancing. I'm going to do the moonwalk. I'm going to do some, you know, all kinds of moves. So he asked one of his servants, hoping that he will get the answer that he's looking for. He asked the servant, says, what's going on? Why is there a party going on? And he's thinking and hoping that the servant said, shh, don't tell your father that I'm telling you this. But he's throwing a surprise party for you. So don't tell him, okay? So when you walk in the house, look surprised. But that's not the answer that he's going to get. So he goes on in verse 26. So he called one of his servants, asked him what's going on. The servant replied with joy and excitement. And the older brothers said, come on, come on, give me the news. And notice in verse 27, your, your brother has come. He replied. And I want you to listen to the tone of this servant. I want you to kind of imagine, just picture this servant in front of you, communicating and telling you this. So I want you to listen to the tone. He says, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He said, the servant said, young master, I have great news. I'm excited. Your brother is finally back. He looks tired. He's worn out. But he's all good now. By the way, it's interesting to me why the servant describes to the older master in a very great detail. Why didn't he just say, your, old, your younger brother's back, and we're celebrating. Why did he go in great detail and said, listen, your father has killed the fattened calf. And I believe the reason why he's describing in this way was because this servant, while he's telling this older ma or the younger master or the older son or the older brother is because he's enjoying telling him the story about what his father has done and what his father is doing and that there's celebration. The reason why he's enjoying it is because he was most likely mistreated by his, the older son. Did you get that? Knowing the older son knowing that he's the older son, and we would discover how this older son is as the story unfolds. He's not the nicest guy. So you can imagine that the, the servant is enjoying this. And, and you can imagine they had good relationship with this younger son because the younger son, you know, he was kind of hang loose. You know, he was kind of like, the, you know, he would befriend you, you know. Hey, you thirsty? Here's some water. Hey, it's kind of hot. Come on into the shade. No, on the, other, on the contrary, the older son would say, get to work. Why aren't the leaves raked? Why aren't the cows milked? Or why aren't the yeast this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? I'm pretty sure he was kind of like a, a micromanager or ma micromanager type, you know? And so, that, so you can see this kind of story behind it. And the servant is really enjoying it with a smile and said, look what your father's doing. Probably the servant said, you think it's about you, right? But it's not really about you. I could picture the servant smiling while he's telling this. And he's like, he's not done yet, and he's going to really salt the wound. 
your father even gave him, told all of our servants to put him on the family robe. Your father gave us the ring, the family ring, to put it on your younger brother's finger in his mind. He didn't, that do, he didn't do that for you. You know? And then your father told us to get some brand new sandals, brand new shoes, and put it on his feet. And the other son is saying, man, my sandals are all beat up. My father didn't give me no brand new sandals. And you can see the servant is putting some serious salt in his womb. Ouch. And the servant is enjoying it. It's payback time, finally. What do you think the older brother was feeling at that moment? He wasn't thrilled that his younger brother was back, safe and sound. But matter of fact, he was furious. The Greek word tells you that he was inside burning with anger. Have you ever experienced that kind of anger? I'm sure you have in, in the time in the past, and I have done. When someone has wronged you or someone did something really hard, inside you just feel like you got this burning uh, uh, thing that's just growing and you're just really upset. So you kind of get that little glimpse of what this younger or the older brother was feeling at. Notice in verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. He was acting like a little child. He said, I ain't going in there. The Greek word became angry is orgezo, meaning sinful, unnecessary anger. Focus is on punishing Punishing the offender rather than the moral content of the offense. Remember, Jesus, when he got angry, he focused on the moral content. The issue, not at the person. But here you see the older brother was angry at his younger brother. The older son wanted to punish his younger brother. Now, if he had it his way, he would drag his younger brother by his ears and take him to the field and give him a good beating, and he says, don't ever come back. You know, if he had his way, he would do that. But he didn't, because he couldn't. Notice in the latter part of verse 28, so his father went out and pleaded with him. The servant must have told the master, your brother, I mean, your older son, the young master is furious. He's upset. He doesn't want to join the party. The father said to his older son, your younger brother's back. And he's here to join our family again. Aren't you happy? Son, please come in and welcome your younger brother back. And let's rejoice together as a family. Because we're really one. You know? Don't get angry. Because we're all one. After his father's plea for him to join the celebration, the older son even got more angry. And finally, he exploded. Listen to what he says in verse 20, 29. But he answered his father. Look at the word he uses. Look! Can you imagine that? The older son disrespected his father, pointed it at his face, and he says, Look! Now, let me take you back to the memory lane. I feel bad for this father. First, he was disrespected by his younger son. He said, I don't want to wait until you die. Just give it to me, what, I, what it belongs to me. And now, the older son points his finger at him and says, Look! I don't know about you, but that doesn't feel good. I had some, before I became a Christian, when someone pointed a finger like this and look, I took that finger and I almost break, broke it. You know? You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. That's dargon. That's, that's disrespectful. Invading your private space. Right? Pointing that finger. And this is what the son did. Pointing at him and says, look. 
You don't talk to your father that way. Have you ever talked to your father that way? You do that, you get a good beating. Right? All these years, he says, I've been slaying for you. Let me press the pause button here and expound on this a little bit, slaying all these years. The Greek word for slaving is do yo o, which means to be a slave, to serve. So the older brother or the older son is basically telling his father, say, listen, I've been a slave to you. And the question that naturally arises is, where did he ever get that? Knowing the father's character, knowing the father's heart, would he treat him like a slave? No. He would treat him as his number one heir, his son. Again, this is a misconception in the older brother's or the older son's mind. He had issues thinking that. Because nowhere would, he, nowhere would the father treat him like a slave. And he says this, And never disobeyed your waters, yet you never gave even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Doesn't he sound like a, a four-year-old complaining? And he's supposed to be the older son. The older son may never left his father's side, but his heart was far away from the father. He was never disobedient by his father, but his disobedience was only a duty, and only he did it because he wanted his inheritance. It was not because of his deep devotion to the father. If it was a deep devotion to the Father, he would have never said these things because it was conditional. And we often find ourselves to telling God this similar way as well, don't we? We say, God, I was always obedient. I was never disobedient. But again, it shows the true nature of our own heart that we ourselves was not deeply devoted to the Father. And that's why we start bringing up these issues. The older son's obedience was never sincere. It wasn't. The younger son was far away in a distant country, as we were reminded from last week, to pursue his the sins of passion. But the older son was further away than his younger brother because he had the sins of what? Attitude. And that's what he was relaying or teaching to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, that you may not be sinning like the sinners and the tax collectors, but you are sinning and you are more further away than the Father because, uh, from God because of your sins of your attitude. Now, on the surface level, the son was a good son. He was a responsible son. He was well, well respected in the community. He was dependable, intelligent, had a sense of purpose of carrying out his father's legacy. Doesn't it sound like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? All the fathers who had daughters were, think, uh, were thinking about, this is an ideal son-in-law. Well, the community want him to be their son-in-law because they only saw what? The outside. But they never saw the heart. And that's what Jesus is pointing out through this story. Although the son was perfect, although the son was respected in the community, although that he was dependable, although that he didn't complain in the outside, but deep inside there was a problem. And that was his attitude. The attitude of sin. He was perfect on the outside. But in this side, there was something missing in his heart. He did not share in the gracious heart of the loving Father. Because if he had the right attitude, if he had the loving heart, if he had the compassion, just like the Father's heart, and if he desired after the Father's heart, then likewise, he would have compassion upon his younger brother who returned. He would take care of his younger brother. He says, welcome. Hey, I'm your big brother, so I'm going to take care of you, my kid brother, because you are my Kid brother. 
Because does, isn't it natural that the older sibling, older brother, older sister takes care of the younger brother, younger sister? Amen? I remember growing up in Korea. I have three older sisters, some of you know. And they're, you know, uh, they're probably watching. Hello, sis. <laughs> and they were more like a tomboy, which is I'm glad that they were tomboys. Because if they were a little bit more on the feminine side or playing with dolls and dressing up and things like that, because if they were that, then they would dress me up, you know, and put on makeup in my face and all that stuff. But because they, didn't, they were not into that, Praise God, God is good. All right. They didn't do that to me. They were, you know, we, you know, we did sports together and things like that. And so there is a game called marbles. You know, you go out and you play with the kids with the marbles and you shoot. And then, and then once, once afternoon I came home, I lost all my marbles. And so my, my sister right above me is like, no, we can't have that. We got to get back those marbles. You're my kid brother. So she went out, and then she's doing the game of marbles, and she won all the marbles back, and then more somebody says, here, here's your marbles. That's what older sisters and older brothers do. Amen? Because you're my kid brother. But that's what it was missing upon this older brother. And that's what Jesus wanted to draw out from this text. He didn't have or he didn't share in the Father's heart. The compassion heart. The loving heart. But he had the sin of attitude. You see, that's what it was missing. And that's what it was missing in the Pharisees. That's what it was missing in the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. And that's what Jesus wanted to correct them and point that out to them. And said, you hypoc hypocrites. You walk around in your fancy robes. And you think that you're religious. And you are respected. But something is missing in your heart. That is a compassionate and loving heart. Amen? And UBC will not like that. Amen? We desire and we go after the Father's heart. And that we have the compassion heart of the Father. And we have the loving heart of the Father. So when we see sinners in the street, when we see neighbors or family members that needs compassion, that they need love, that we don't put them on the side, we don't criticize them, and we don't yell at them, but we show the compassion and the love of God. Amen? Come on now, testify. Brothers and sisters, what about us? In our obedience to the Father, is my obedience sincere? Or is it out of a sense of duty? Do we, have, do we possess the gracious heart of the Father? Something for us to think about, beginning with me. Second point, the older son lacks compassion. The older son continues to display his anger in verse 30. Notice what he says. But when this son of yours, I want you to underline that in your Bible or highlight it in your e-Bibles. This son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes. I want you to underline that word prostitutes as well because I'm going to come back to it. Comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. He's probably thinking like Judas Iscariot. When Mary anointed Jesus with the perfume, what did Jesus' Iscariot say? We could have sold that perfume instead of anointing Jesus. Right? Catch this now. This older brother is saying, we could have sold that fattened calf and made a big profit. And yet you didn't sell him and you killed it so that what? Your, young, my younger bro, your son can eat it? Do you see his attitude here? See, whenever my friend got angry with his older brother, I, I remember being there one time, and he yelled at his mother and he said, Your son. Do you see that? Your son. Not my brother, your son. This is exactly what the older brother was saying. He didn't say, my younger, 
my kid brother or my younger brother. But he said, your son of yours. Do you see that? The older son was bitter. I want you to catch this. His real issue was not with his, about his younger brother. His real issue was with the father. You see? That was his real issue. And the son coming back and having the party and the celebration only brought that up. You see? It reveals the true nature of his, his, his anger inside. True nature. He kept it inside all these years. That's why he said, you never gave me a party. You never gave me a party. And yet, this younger kid comes and you throw a party for him. You see, somehow in the older brother's mind, he thought his position as his son was dependent upon his performance. Do you see that? And that's where a lot of religions misunderstand. Right? A lot of the other religions, it's about pursuing God. It's about doing good works. That's about other religions. But our Christianity, I don't want to call it a religion. We call it a relationship. It's about not men pursuing God. It's not about us performing for God. But it's about God pursuing us. And it's about God doing His glorious work through us. You see, it's not about performance. And that's what Jesus wanted to show because the Pharisees and the religious leaders, that's what they thought. It was about performance. And he was pointing it out. And this young, the older brother thought, and he was dependent on the performance. And that is why he says, I slaved for you over these years. I didn't disobey you. And I did all these things. You see, he depended on performance. And he failed to just to enjoy his position as number one son. Let me remind you, brothers and sisters, beginning with me, sometimes we are just like this older brother. We are so busy performing, thinking that God will be impressed with our performance, thinking that we will get some brownie points when we go to heaven, that we are performing and we are working and we it is a task and we forget to just to enjoy being a child of God. Amen. He failed to understand the father's heart because he never looked or took the time to discover the father. And I want to ask all of you, are we taking the time to discover how wonderful our Father is? In our mornings when we go, we sing that song, thank you, Brother Mike, that in the morning when I wake up, just give me Jesus. Do we have that kind of mindset? And then we go to Jesus, and we, as we go to Jesus and read his wonderful word, that we discover that we have a loving, gracious, compassionate Father. You know? Deep down inside, this older brother was envious with his younger brother because he didn't, he did what he couldn't do. Living a life the fullest. It's interesting to me what he says next in verse 30. As I said this, this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes. Now let me press the pause button here again. Remember, his younger brother was in a distant country. It's far away. So the point that I'm making is this. How did the older brother knew that he had spent time with the prostitutes? Nobody told him. I believe it was a, oops, a Freudian slip. Unconscious Freudian slip. Meaning, that's something that he wanted to do. And that was in his heart. And that's why he's so bitter and upset at his younger brother. Because he did 
what he couldn't do. And he said, squander your property with prostitutes. The other son in his heart was full of complaints about his father and his younger brother. He was missing the most crucial piece of the heart that is compassion. And through this story, Jesus was teaching what may be missing in our own hearts as well. Loved ones, we can't really blame the older brother. Because we all have the same potential to be like the older brother. In this story, the older brother was forgetting how he was or how we were before we came to our Heavenly Father. Sometimes I forget. When I look at someone and they're living a sinful life, and I, the immediate thought that comes into my mind is critical and judgmental spirit. I forget that I once was a sinner. I forget that I once was blind. And Jesus is reminding us all through this story, no, 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 Nick, don't criticize this older brother so much because you were once like him. And you can also be like him now, forgetting what you have come all this way. When you sing that song, when I was lost, now I'm found. When I was blind, but now I see. Do you really believe it? If you believe it, then you ought to have a compassionate heart for people that are blind, that are people that are, who are lost. Amen? We can quickly begin to think that we are good people. We're not like other people who pursue sins of passion without noticing our own sins of attitude. Remember when Jesus said, before you point out the what? Before you point out the what? Log in your eye. Before you could point out someone else's problem, look at your own log in your eye. You know? And because we can be like this. We think that we're good people. We may not even realize that we possess the spirit of self-righteousness and arrogance in our hearts. Therefore, we become critical, judgmental, and unliving towards others. Just like the older brother. We can be like the Pharisee too. In the same book of the Luke of the Gospel in Luke, in, verse, in chapter 18, verses 11 and 12, this is what Jesus says. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. How does he pray? God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even the, this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. I tithe. Jesus told the story to people who were confident of their own self-righteousness and look down on everyone else. Jesus is looking for men and women who have a humble heart and to seek God's heart. Jesus ends this story with the father having his hand on his son's shoulder. Notice in verse 31 and 32, my son. Now, I believe this is a powerful statement because he's reminding his son that you are my son and I am your father. The father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. The father knowing the older son, it's hard. I know you are angry. And I know that you're not really angry about your younger brother. And I know that you are angry at me. But you are my son. You are my son, and I am your father. And everything that I have is yours. And he says in verse 32, 
But we had to celebrate and be glad because this older this brother of yours is reminding now, no, not that. He's not my son. He's your brother. The father reminds him, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. Brothers and sisters, this is a powerful story because in the same way, the father comes to you and to me and he says, I know you're going through a difficult time and I know you're going through some tribulations. I know you're going through some hardship, but you know what? I am with you as always. You are my son. You are my daughter, and I am your father. And all the heaven was available. It's all the things that in heaven is available to you. All that I have is yours. Amen? And so don't be discouraged. Don't lose hope. You may be hurting. You may be discouraged. But let this story encourage you. The father going to you and say, my son, my daughter. I'm always with you. And everything that I have is yours. In closing, the question that I have to ask is, are we in a distant country? Meaning, are we far away from the Father? Or are we like the older son who have a problem with the sin of attitude? Jesus was telling this story to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. The Pharisees represents the older brother who obeyed God's law perfectly but were self-righteous, critical, and judgmental. They did not share in the Father's loving heart. For that reason, they were complaining that Jesus was spending time with the sinners and the tax collector. That's why Jesus told the story. Loved ones, we must share in the Father's heart. Amen? To show love and compassion. To people who need it. Because there are, there are plenty of prodigal sons and prodigal daughters out there. And how are we going to act towards them? Are we going to act towards them with the Father's love or Father's compassion? Or are we going to say, damn you, get away from me. Jesus is teaching us to have compassion and the loving heart to the prodigals that are out there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you through this story. It is simple, yet powerful and profound. It really reveals our own spiritual temperature. Who do we represent here? Are we like the Father who has a compassionate heart and a loving heart? Or are we like the older brother who is like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. God, I pray that you will protect us and keep us from the attitude of sins. I pray that you will put in our hearts a compassion and a loving spirit of God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. sing this before I spoke a word before I spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me been so, so kind to me. No overwhelming, no overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love.
couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Holy overwhelming, never in reckless I was your foe, but I was your foe. Still your love, Father, for me. You have been so, so good to me. I felt, when I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. been so, so kind to me. Holy overwhelming, holy overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No, it chases me now, fights till I'm found, leaves a ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Will you give yourself away? No, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No shadow, no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No, there's no wall you won't kick down, I won't tear down. Coming after me in no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me is no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no there's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the over and the overwhelming. Never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I found reason. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Holy overwhelming, never ending. Reckless love Couldn't earn it Couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away And all the overwhelming Never ending Reckless love Thank you, Mike, and the praise team to leading us that powerful song of reckless love of God. I want to share something that is very sensitive uh, issue. Uh-oh, Pastor, what's coming? <laughs> uh, but I want to be very sensitive to people and as well, a very uh, loving way and encourage you. Uh, it's about vaccination. Um, I, I know that even for myself, I was kind of hesitant in the beginning. Uh, but I'm saying this in a loving way, an encouraging way, because, again, it is a very sensitive issue. Or actually, this morning, my daughter schooled me. <laughs> and I, what I mean by that is, I, and she pointed out, she said, you know, we should still wear masks, even though you're vaccinated, because it's really not about you. It's really about protecting the community and the people that you love. And when she, saw, when she shared that, I'm like, wow, that's impressive coming from an 18-year-old uh, high school students are about to graduate and her 
her friends, her high school friends, are saying the same thing, that we need to protect the community. And that's why they got vaccinated, and they're wearing masks as well. And so, again, I have an elderly parents, and then my sisters, and then, again, we have medical families, and, and they reassure me, and I have medical friends as well, and pharmaceutical guys, and they all said it is a good vaccine. And so, therefore, that's why I got shot three weeks ago, and my family got shot, and then tomorrow I'll get my second shot at Wise Hospital. Uh, Pfizer, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, by no means UBC as a church is saying you have to get it or forcing you. No, we're just encouraging you. That's what I want to do it in love. And again, like I said, I know it's a sensitive issue, and we want to respect that as well, and we want to be sensitive to that. And so, but I want to encourage you because I have elderly parents, so even now when I see my elderly parents, they got vaccinated, but I still wear my mask when I see them, because again, I don't want any chances, uh, because my dad is 89, my mom is 85, I don't want to take unnecessary risk, but I just want to, I could, because, you know, I'm healthy, and I'm strong, okay, and I could be asymptomatic, and some of you guys are healthy and very strong, and you could be asymptomatic, but you can infect other people, and that's how it, that's how it happens, and so that's why, again, God reminded me and I'm not saying this about you, but God reminded me. He says, Nick, it's not about you. It's about protecting other people because you're healthy and strong, but other people may not be. They may be vulnerable. And so uh, let's pray that in prayer, and, and that's something that God needs to convict you. And if he hasn't, then, then it's fine too. But I just want to be a word of encouragement to all of you uh, and so forth. So, all right, having said that, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We love you. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God loves you. Go in peace.